98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the clock. On this Wednesday afternoon, good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, we are live from the Oxygen Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Bernsie, what's going on? Day three of Phoenix Children's Hospital. I understand we're well over $800,000 so far nice, in our fundraising nice, efforts. Nice. Salute to everybody out there listening right now. Thank you for donating. You, if you haven't had your chance yet, you will have plenty of chances coming up during Burns and Gambo. Today's a big day for donations. If you've got the chance to do it, we hope you'll get involved. Yeah, we've uh, been doing this Radiothon for Phoenix Children's Hospital for many, many years. Take a lot of pride in raising as much money for that hospital as we can, and we appreciate everybody that listens to the segments and, and, and especially those who go out there and make a donation to help. If anybody knows, maybe perhaps somebody can put in a call to LeBron James and see if he could donate. I understand he's, he's got, got an extra 97 million bucks, huh? Disposable income, maybe, that he could uh, he could donate if he wanted to after signing a two-year contract. He stands with the Lakers worth nearly $100 billion. Does he finish his career with the Lakers, yes or no? No, he does not. Oh, man. No, he does not. He he goes and he plays with Braun Jr. somewhere. Brawny. Sorry. So you think he does not finish with the Lakers? I bet a, a really nice lunch on it right now. No way. Deal. I'll take the lunch bet. What? Right out of the shoes? I'll shoot? take the lunch bet. Even though he's like said on record he wants to play with his kid before his career is done. He is. He's on the record as saying he wants to play with his kid before his career is done. You sure? I'm giving you the opportunity to retract your bet because he's on the record having said that. So you think he'd just go somewhere and play for the minimum just to play with his kid? Yes. Whoever drafts his kid, I think he'll go there and play. What and if the Lakers draft his kid? Well, that's but Gambo's got to take that chance. That's a one in thirty chance, depending on uh, the the the, I, the kids. From what I understand, not even. I mean, he might be a first round pick, but he's yeah. If he's gotta, a first round pick, he's going to have to play really well in college. Yeah, maybe he's a first round pick because the team that gets him knows that they're getting LeBron. I you, I tell you what, you think about it. You think okay. about it. Let me All know right. whether you want to take that one. I'm back on. I'll not. take the damn bet. I'll take the bet. You still want to take it? I'll take the bet. Babaluga, we got a bet here. Okay. I'll take the bet. LeBron finishes career with the Lakers. Okay, you got it. I think he'll be somewhere else when it's all said done. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day on the Burns and Gambo show. Let's get these guys wrong now. Burns and Gambo. <laughs> Tom Brady. Brought to you by yeah. We Vitalize Weight Loss. The Dodgers of the field for the World Series. We'll see how that one turns out for you. You got the Hawks beating the Suns. Don't count yourself out too quick. I did get that. I did get that right. I've won a lot more bets than I lost, but I've made some stupid ones. Well, we'll see. I just uh, There's information out there, and I just want to make sure you were aware of that, that he's already said he wants to go play with his kid. Our top story of the day today, the release of the schedule uh, for the Suns and the rest of the NBA, not nearly as ballyhooed as it's going to be in the National Football League. We get that. But given that the Suns are one of the top teams in the league, it's always nice to see them getting recognized as such. 34 nationally televised games for the Phoenix Suns. Damn. 11 on ESPN, 9 on TNT, 2 on ABC, 12 on NBA TV. I was right. They are playing the Denver Nuggets on Christmas Day. 8.30 p.m. tip time on Christmas night is when they're playing the Nuggets. What? 8.30. I thought I had read that that was going to be in the late, late, late window on Christmas. 8.30 Christmas Day? 8.30 p.m. Christmas night is when the Suns are playing the Nuggets on Christmas. Get ready to stay up late. 
Put a little, put a little Bailey's and peppermint schnapps into that coffee, and you'll be good to go. Yeah, you'll be tired and awake all at the same time when you're drinking coffee with Bailey's in it. Yep, get ready to stay up, Cambo. Burn some midnight oil. All right, so maybe the Cardinal game will be over by then. (laughs) It'll probably be in the third quarter, which who knows? Maybe it will be over or not. Um, Marquee home matchups, of course. They got the Warriors, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Clippers, the Bucks. All see the start. The start. Five of their first seven games. Yeah, Mavericks, Clippers. Golden State, New Orleans, T-Wolves. All right, Dallas, Pelliaf team beat them. Clippers with uh, Kawhi back should be a, a threat in the West. Golden State, NBA champs. New Orleans gave them a run for their money in the playoffs. T-Wolves, the addition of Rudy Gobert. Like, that is a, that's a tough, tough stretch. Five of their first seven games against those teams. Listen, the West is brutal, right? We know the West is brutal. Um, but that's a, right out of the gate, they're going to take on some of the best teams in the West. Yeah, in fact, those five games that you mentioned, they're all nationally televised. Opening the season against the Mavs on ESPN, at the Clippers on NBA TV, home against Golden State on TNT, New Orleans on ESPN, Minnesota on TNT. They're getting a lot of run there. Now, something else that you pointed out when we were we were talking about this pre-show, all right? The rivalries? Yeah, I'm going to read this line yeah. from the story on ESPN.com. Yeah. The NBA has also created NBA Rivals Week for the week of January 23rd. 11 nationally televised games featuring various rivalries across the league, including battles for New York and L.A. and a rematch of the 2019 NBA Finals. Yes, the Suns do have a high-profile game during NBA Rivals Week. Who who do we think it should be wow. against, and who is it against? Who is the Suns' rival right now? Like, their rivals change over time, right? The Suns' rival they, do. they don't have, like, a geographic rivalry with anybody. No. Right? They don't have a geographic I mean, rivalry with anyone. Anybody who's got a pulse as a Suns fan, historically, you would say the Lakers. Historically, you would say the Spurs. But doesn't all—I mean, listen, you've been here longer than me, but doesn't everybody in Phoenix consider the L.A. teams, all the L.A. teams, their rivalries, even though they're—like, the, like oh, the Dodgers' rival is the Giants. It's not the Diamondbacks. I don't think we consider the Clippers on the same level as the Lakers. No. Oh, no, but, it, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, but it's L.A. But the Lakers, yes. I mean, the, the, the easy answer is the Lakers. Always the Lakers. The Lakers are the Suns' rival. But at times you could have made the argument that it's the Warriors. At times that you could make the argument it's now the Clippers. The game that's scheduled during Rivals Week. Mavs. The Mavericks. I could buy that. The Mavericks. I could buy I, I could buy a rivalry between Phoenix and Dallas, especially, yeah. especially now. If Jason Kidd, who played here as their head coach. Jared Dudley, who played here as their assistant coach. Igor Kokoshkov, who was the head coach here, was one of their coaches last year, but then he left. Um, you know, you've got the whole Steve Nash thing, Phoenix to Dallas to Phoenix. Javel McGee is now the starting center. He was the center here. Yeah. I, like, I think this, I, mean, I could buy a rivalry between I, the two. I, I think you're looking at it way more big picture. I mean, I think it's, oh, okay. it's, well, just more the urgency of what happened last year. Like, has what happened last year? In the playoffs, made the Dallas Mavericks the Phoenix Suns' main rival now? Do you want to beat them any more than you want to beat anybody else? Do you want to beat the Dallas Mavericks more than you want to beat Golden State? In Utah? Clippers? Lakers? In April? Yes. Any other time during the year? Doesn't matter. Uh, look, how many times have we said it? The regular season? Not that it's meaningless this year for the Suns, but tell me what happens in April. Tell me what happens in May. Tell me what happens during the playoffs. That's the most important part, right? Do you? Is, is, New, is, Orleans, is, there, is New Orleans looking at the Suns saying that's the rival because they beat us in the playoffs? Um, 
I don't think they would look at it that way. I don't think they're looking at it that way either. But the way they lost was different. They lost to the one seed, and they put up a great fight. The Suns blew it in historic fashion. I I, I don't know what the right answer to this question is. I just, I I don't think, like, during the, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. During the regular season, I just don't feel like these games have the teeth to them that that we'd like to think they do when the schedule comes out in August, right? People try to put the teeth on. Of course! They try to put those those fake teeth on. Yeah. The Dracula things in Halloween. You try to put those teeth on. You try to. You try to find reasons. To, you you got to. The NBA's got to promote this stuff. Sure. Like you don't think they're going to be promoting Dallas took down Phoenix. Of course. Every, like gonna, that's Over, the big promotion. Dallas took down the number one seed. And that's and that's my point is that for all the like the history, Jason Kidd and and Aiton and Luca and and all of that from a few years ago. I think the urgency of the elimination yeah. is what makes it a sellable rivalry. Like that's the reason why that game's on opening night, and that's the reason one of the times the Suns are on ABC, it's against the Mavs. And during this designated Rivals Week, that's the reason why they're playing the Mavericks. It's not because they have a history with each other that dates back years and years and years. It's because the Mavs punked the Phoenix Suns in Game 7. Humiliated them. Embarrassed them. But you're not going to be able to just focus on the 22-23 Suns Mavs because they're going to show every highlight possible of of, of what happened last year, sure. which is going to kind of you know kind of help you with your anger level of how angry you are of what happened last season. The Brooklyn Nets have gone from 26 oh, nationally man. televised yeah. games to 13. Oh, that's half. That's less. They that's half. cut in half the number yeah. of times they're on national I, TV. I was reading a real interesting story about the, the, the Nets schedule coming out today where they basically said the Nets t- are going to get less national exposure thanks to the Dur- Durant drama. And it says even Brooklyn will visit the Lakers on November 13th, the Warriors on January 22nd in San Francisco. But despite potentially being Durant's first game in front of the Golden State fans since leaving the Bay Area, um, those games are on NBA TV rather than National Spotlight. So it's just because of the not knowing what's going to happen with Durant, they did not put the Nets yeah. on a lot of national televised games. I guess kind of bracing for the fact that he's not going to be there. Smart. Smart, yeah, they have to. They have to prepare yeah. for the for the fact that he might not be there when it comes to when it comes to happen. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, oh, it was down to one last strike. And if you ask Tori Lavello, it's a strike that should have been called disaster struck the Diamondbacks, and it's been disaster that has prevented them from being everything they could be this year. We'll explain why next on the Burns and Gambo show. <laughs> 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Now the pitch. Crawford swings. High drive to center. Thomas back at the track. Leaps. It's a home run to win it. Two-run shot for Crawford, and the Giants walk it off with one out to spare. <laughs> I, I just invested... All of my time in that game and loved every second of it until the last two minutes. I mean, it was such a great bait. I love one nothing games. I love one nothing games. Everything matters. Here's Merrill Kelly, first and third, you know, in the seventh inning after he walks a batter and he gets out of it by getting Bart to pop to, to fly out. To, I think it was Varsho. Like, man, he got off to Mantiply comes in and was great. They give up a double to Flores, but Mantiply comes in, gets a job done. Here comes Ian Kennedy tonight, gets the first out, gets the second out. 
And he gives up a triple off the wall. Varsho kind of couldn't find it. Ends up being, okay, all right, all right. You got Crawford. And Crawford hits a two-run bomb right over the center field wall. Yep. Walks it off. The Giants beat the D-backs. And I just, like, I was like, damn, this sucks. Like, this really sucks. Because that was a, that was a great game. Like, the Diamondbacks played really good baseball, man. Their defense was good. Their pitching was good. They got the one home run by Christian Walker. Offense could have been a little bit better. They, they didn't yeah. have a lot of opportunities no, no. after about the fifth inning of that game. But just a good baseball game. I love one nothing games. I mean, I, I like a one nothing game better than an 8-7 game any day of the week. And they blow that game. And it has the, the same problem over and over again. They don't have anybody can close a freaking baseball no. game. Uh, and it doesn't matter who is in that role, apparently. No. Uh, because no. they made the change from Melanson. They went to more of a committee. Ian Kennedy had been handling it for the last, I don't know, a week and a half, two weeks since Torrey made that move. And Ian Kennedy, now Torrey, anybody who's watching that game. Jeff Bannister got run. Tori Lovello got run. They were hot. They were hot. They were hot that right before the triple that the game wasn't over. And, and they even cited the idea that, they had, and I, I, I'm not trying to make any excuses it was a ball. for Kennedy at all. It I, was a ball. I get that. But it looked like the home plate umpire changed his mind. Yeah. Like he was yeah, he, he was, was yeah. standing back, leaning like he was going to ring him up. Yeah. And then he decided not to. And that's what got Tori so hot. Now again, zero excuse. It was a ball. Upon the replay, it was out of the strike zone. It was zone. out of the strike zone. It was the right call, mm-hmm. even though there was a pitch earlier in the inning that was a similar pitch and yeah. got called for a strike. And I think that's why the home plate umpire thought about ringing him up. Yeah. He yeah. didn't do it. Um, it was a one and two pitch to Eric Estrada, former Chip Star. Um, no, it wasn't Eric Estrada. It was somebody in Estrada. Estrada. And, and then, but, but still, get it. You know, it's, it's two and two. Get him out. Get Estrada out. Then Estrada triples. Okay. He didn't hit a home run. It's a triple. You still got to get, you got one more. And Crawford comes out and he hits it. Blown save. And so you look at the numbers, and this is just, I got those of, of our Arizona Dimeback stats and info. Ian Kennedy suffered his fourth blown save, sixth loss. Kennedy and Melanson are responsible for 25% of the team's losses. Yeah. What? Yeah. 25% of their losses, Kennedy and Melanson. They've combined for 16 of the 63. Yeah, that is that is 25%. That Kennedy is, and Melanson, don't call us. We'll call you. That is that is twenty five percent. Yeah, they'd be a playoff team if it wasn't for these two if, guys. Even if they converted half of those, okay. Even if half of those losses were wins, or half of those games that they lost, they had won. You're talking about a team that is what sixty one and fifty five, right? Just half of them. Yeah, just half of those sixteen losses turn them around into wins. And now you're talking about a team that is sixty one and 55 on the season. Yeah, and you're and a playoff very team. very much talking about the playoffs. It's been, look, and the, the irony of it, if that's even the right word here, the coincidence of it, whatever the right word is, is that this is the year they actually spent on the bullpen. This is the year they actually said, you know what, yeah. we're not going to wait until the bargain basement closers, the Fernando Rodneys, the Brad Boxbergers, the Joaquin Sorias, the, you know, all those guys in the past. Let's go out and spend a little money on the what guy is- who had 39 saves last year for the Padres. Let's go spend a little money on Ian Kennedy. Would you have their record at? Would you have their record at if uh, you just give it to me? How many games over five hundred? Right now they're 50, 53 and sixty three on right. the season. If they had if, if of those sixteen losses, okay. if half of them were wins, they'd be sixty one and fifty five. Okay, that'd be six games over five hundred. Fifty. They'd have fifty five losses. Yes. So they'd be one game out in the loss column of a playoff spot. Okay. There you go. If even right now the Padres. The Padres are 
have 54 losses, they're one of the playoff teams. So you would be one game out of a playoff spot, and the Padres have no Fernando Tatis coming back. Yeah. Like you'd be there, you'd like be you'd there. be like you'd, you'd be, be right there, right? If they just did right their there. job, but they haven't they haven't had a closer do his job, and I don't want to say not man type, but they haven't had a closer do his job since Brad Ziegler. It's been a while. I mean, seriously, when was the last time they had a yeah. closer that you looked and say, yeah, this guy's good, I like him? But most of the time, it's because they don't really spend on one. And most of the time, it's because they just kind of wait until the end of free agency and they get the guy on the cheap. And at first, we think it's a good move because, oh, that's a heck of a bargain. Look I thought at that Melanson guy. was a good move. I thought Melanson was a good move, too. I thought it was, it's not too. Been. It's I thought Ian Kennedy was a good move. It has not been a good move. They, they specifically went out and, okay, let's spend a little money on the back end of our good bullpen. veterans in here. And it hasn't worked out. Boy, it was a real shame, too, because Christian Walker has been red hot in August. Uh, Merrill Kelly has just been ridiculous. I felt so bad for him. Seven innings, four hits, struck out seven, didn't give up any runs. Um, he's got the seventh best ERA in the National League. He's got the third best all-star ERA in all of Major League Baseball. Four of his starts since July 1st have come against the San Francisco Giants, and he stuck it to him. He has stuck it to him in all four of those starts. He is so good. 28 innings, 14 hits, 24 strikeouts, only four Four earned runs in the four appearances he crazy. made against the Giants. Can you make an argument he's their ace right now? Um, I mean, we always just assume Zach Gallen because he's younger, Merrill Kelly's older. But I mean, if you had a one-game situation right now, today, today, you've got one game, you've got to win. Who are you going with? I... Just, I mean, it's, it's like it's, Schilling and Johnson. It's it's not like, that they're that good, but you know what I'm saying. Like, is it that close? It's that close. Yeah, it's that close. I mean, no, they're not as good as Schilling and Johnson. Yeah, but it is. It's it's that close. Now, speaking of the Diamondbacks, oh yeah, you got um, some Mike Hazen news for you. Uh, I do got some Mike Hazen news yeah. for you. This was him on Wolf and Luke earlier today. Oh, he's doing a good job. Um, <laughs> you you hopefully will see him here in a bit. Obviously, usually around September call up time um, is when we'll start to talk through. Uh, calling up or bringing up, giving some exposure uh, to some of these younger kids. Um, you know, we have a group of players now at the major league level. We are trying to figure out where they're going to fit moving forward. So there's a balancing act. There you go. Corbin Carroll. Of course, that's who he's talking about. He didn't officially say he's going to. He said no. that's when we'll kind of work through it. Yeah, no, it was official. I've been reporting for a while now that my expectation is Corbin Carroll does come up in September. And what they're doing right now is they're working on getting him reps in left field and right field because he ain't replacing Alec Thomas in center field. I don't care how good he is. So he'll play. And the problem is, like, this is a great problem to have. Man, who are you taking out of the lineup? I mean, McCarthy's been sensational for them in left. Varsho's been real good in right. I mean, it's a good problem to have. Who's your, you know, because Carroll and Thomas have to play every day. And then you figure out, do you want more Varsho or do you want McCarthy? You you can spin, you know this, four outfielders can all get a lot of at-bats. Four guys can all get a lot of at bats. Sure, but you're playing. Thomas is playing like every day because he's just as good a defensive center fielder as there is in baseball. Yeah, it's it's a problem. It's a good problem. It's not a bad problem. What they do, I don't know. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show today, day three of our giveathon for Phoenix Children's Hospital, an opportunity for you to get involved. We'll tell you about it next here on the Burns and Gambo show. The giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the auction in. Community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports app. Give a thon on the Burns and Gambo Show. 
big thanks to everybody, and I mean everybody, who has gone online or who has called the Desert Financial Credit Union phone bank to donate to Phoenix Children's Hospital. We are going into what's day three for us. We're about halfway through day three of our Giveathon. We're at nearly $820,000 so far in donations, and couldn't have done it, can't do it, without the help of anybody and everybody who's listening right now who picks up the phone or who sends in a donation on the website. We just we couldn't have done it without you, and so far we are very grateful. You know, this is the largest radio fundraiser for a children's hospital in the country. It is. You think about all the children's hospitals, you know, in the country, and there's quite a few. This is the largest radio fundraiser for one. We can't do that without you. You guys you have make this possible every year for us to continue to be, you know, the, the radio station, and with your help to bring the most funds to any children's hospital in the entire country. It speaks to not only how important the hospital is in our community, but it speaks to you, the listener, and, and how every time of year, every year we do it this time of year, we ask you to give and you give and you respond. Now, maybe, you know, we're day three. You haven't done it yet. You've been waiting for the right moment. You're in the car. You've been dealing with this, been dealing with that. I hope this is the right moment for you to give us a call and make that donation. The Desert Financial Phone Bank at 602 602- Nine three three four five six seven six zero two nine three three four five six seven, and of course, any amount is great. Becoming a champion of hope is the best. That's twenty dollars a month. And we get it tough out there right now with inflation and everything, but twenty dollars a month going towards the Phoenix Children's Hospital, and we will deliver a teddy bear in your name today to one of the yeah. four hundred or so kids that are at that hospital right now. The need is great. The need is great, and the kids, they can't wait because they are facing life-threatening illnesses and injuries every single day. Some of these kids are in there battling cancer, heart defects, traumatic brain injuries, and you have the ability to help. And like I said, the kids, uh, they can't wait for the help. They need it right now. All right. The number again is 602-933-4567 or just text GIVE to 62620. We'll send you a link and you can make your donation that way. We get help from everybody, from our listeners and from our partners. And right now, here's a Another great partner stepping up is a check presentation from Sam's Club. Hi, my name is Alma. Hi, I'm Karina. We've been partnering with Phoenix Children's Hospital for 35 years. Three and a half decades of our associates ensuring a healthier tomorrow for kids in the, our community by giving our members and fellow associates an easy way to contribute to Phoenix Children's Hospital. This year, Sam's Club is presenting $10,000. We encourage you to call the give them phone bank at 602-933-4567. After all, together, we can change kids' health, we can change the future for all of us. We are grateful. Thank there you, you Sam's Club. Thank you, Sam's Club. And thank you to all the customers mm-hmm. of Sam's Club who have helped out with that over the last year. $10,000 adding to the total. It goes a long way. Yes, it, it goes sure a long does. way. It really does. sure does. And it's stories like this that highlight just how important Phoenix Children's Hospital is to, to us and to our community. In September 9, 2019, Jason, a student at Brophy College Prep, collapsed during a basketball practice and was unresponsive. His mom, Dee, his dad, Chris, and Jason talking 
about that fateful day and what was to come in his Phoenix children's journey. It's time for another story of hope presented by Madame Holmes. This is Jason's story. Getting a call from the school when you see that pop up on your phone, uh, middle of the day or the afternoon, it always takes a pause. So my husband, he simultaneously was getting a phone call from the police officer that had hopped in the ambulance with Jason. But as we started driving down and discussing what was going on, we started to, I think, get a little bit more panicked. My husband went to park the car and I, I ran in. At that point, that instinct kicked in that something wasn't right. And that's when we found Jason, you know, getting treatment by multiple people. There were first responders standing over him, the emergency room staff. Due to the amount of people in the room, it was it instantly caught you as, wow, this is this is serious. It, it, it was it was frightening. But Chris and I knew to stay calm because we knew that he was in the right place and the experts were taking care of him. Jason had collapsed at practice, that they had gotten to the scene, that an AED had been administered. For that to be administered, we now know the heart must be stopped. Uh, I do remember just waking up in the hospital bed and I was confused. Uh, my mom mentioned to me that I actually thought I was in the hospital because of COVID. I didn't know what had happened to me. It's like my brain just completely forgot about everything that day. But the overall experience from the emergency room to the ICU, it, it, it was absolutely incredible and exactly what you would want. And when we did get introduced to the Dr. Franklin, Dr. Velez duo, um, the A-team, we had no idea, again, being in it, that we had, you know, the MVPs of, of you know, the surgical and um, clinical team. You know, everything from them drawing us pictures, you know, asking, answering our questions as things were unfolding. They were so patient. Um, but that's the type of doctors and surgeons that we dealt with who, no matter how long their day was, was making sure we as patients were seen and heard. Um, and that was important. You know, we were scared once we started to get more information um, because of the unknowns of Jason's recovery. As the days turn into multiple days and move on, you know, Jason went in and he had a surgery approximately a week, a week later. So spending time at BCH around the clock and, and, and they do a really good job. They become your family because you, you don't leave and you're there nonstop. I can't be, have enough gratitude and be thankful enough to the folks that gave us care. The ICU director stayed. I checked in with her at night, you know, just walking to get a cup of coffee and said hello to her and said thank you for a stat. She knew that Jason was did well and he was checking out of the ICU after his open heart surgery. She smiled. She said, I'm so happy for you because not everyone gets the outcomes. Because we are, we're very fortunate. Jason has a very, very great, and we were very fortunate for his outcome. And, and and she was another person that just her, it was so grateful for the staff and the standards that they maintained for themselves in that hospital. It, it was remarkable. Wow, what an incredible institution you'll find yourself in when you, if, if you receive care or, or ever need to attend PCH for any reason. imagine no i i you know i think about that my my, my daughter kaylee 
um, used to collapse. She had she she collapsed uh, making communion one day at church. She collapsed on the soccer field. She had this va- vas- vascular something. It would just cut off oxygen. She would just collapse. It was a scary thing. We took out all the extras and everything. She would out she would outgrow it, but. Yeah, that feeling when your kid collapses on the field. Like, I've had that happen to me. I've seen my kid collapse on the soccer field. That was when she was younger. Vasca, Va- 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 I can't remember the name of it. Begin with a V. And, um, you know, and it's, it's a scary thing. It's a scary thing. And, you know, and then for us, we go back and we remember, like, Hank Gathers collapsing oh, sure. and dying. And so to hear this story about Jason collapsing during basketball pro- uh, practice, his heart stopped, had to have open heart surgery. Like, it's... Uh, it's great to hear that he that he recovered and he got the care that he needed because of PCH. Yeah, those phone calls that you get, you know, in the middle of the day from the school. Uh oh, what's wrong? Middle of the night. Uh oh, what's wrong? Right. I mean, those are the things that, as a parent, just scare you to death when you get those kinds of phone calls because you just don't know what news is waiting for you on the other end of the line. It's a good thing that things so far have turned out very well for Jason. That's what they do at Phoenix Children's Hospital. That's what we're doing here on Arizona Sports. We're asking you to get involved, and right now we have got your opportunity a match right now and this one is from speedway speedway is matching every donation made over the next several minutes dollar for dollar when you call the desert financial phone bank 602-933-4567 is the number 602-933-4567 you become a champion of hope you're donating twenty dollars a month and right now thanks to speedway your twenty dollars a month is becoming $40 a month, but only if you call in the next few minutes. Yeah, we uh, we want you to call the Desert Financial Phone Bank at 602-933-4567. Become a champion of hope, $20 a month. We appreciate the donations. It all goes to a great cause at PCH. Any amount matters, but we love when people can become a champion of hope. That number, 602-933-4567. You become a champion of hope, and what we're going to do is we're going to take a teddy bear, we're going to deliver it to a patient in your name, you're also going to get your choice. Which is of so a, cool, right? right? It's so cool, oh, we've, too. We've, we've been there bringing those bears up because you made a donation. We've been there giving a kid a bear and being able to say, hey, it's from this person. They made this donation, and you get this bear because of, of this this woman or this man or this couple. It's a, it's such a cool thing. We don't get to do the show from the hospital anymore, but when we did, that was always my favorite part, taking the bears upstairs, seeing the kids, seeing the parents, delivering that joy, and it's all because of the donations. It's all because of you listening right now, choosing to be Become a champion of hope. 602-933-4567. And we are in the middle of a match presented by Speedway. We've already got some calls coming in, which means it's time for the Train Teddy Bear Express. We've put in the call to the hospital. We've got enough champions of hope over the last few minutes to send the Train Teddy Bear Express upstairs with some teddy bears on it to deliver all of that joy to the kids at the hospital right now. Don't stop. The match isn't over. You still have a few minutes. 602-933-4567 as we are doing our Phoenix Children's Giveathon right now here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Now, when we come back, we'll turn our attention back to sports and we'll turn our attention back to the Cardinals. We've seen this Cardinals running back room. Could they go five deep this upcoming season? We'll give you the odds of that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 
The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. We pushed it back to 245 today, kind of moving some things around with our Giveathon segments. So we uh, bring in Eric Ruby here. He's got our poll question of the day. I think we've got a couple floating out there in the ether. Whatever you want to do with this, Eric, what do you got for us today? I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's go with the bets first because that was very interesting to me. Gambo taking the bet about LeBron James being a Laker for the rest of his career. How, so do, I the, how do I know LeBron is going to play in the NBA? I don't know that. Yeah? No, you don't. I, I, just, yeah. I was just giving the option to get out of it. Because LeBron has said he wants to play with Bronny in a couple of years when he's NBA draft eligible. So, so if people miss the bet beginning of the show, Bernsey, Gambo have a bet going on. Bernsey thinks LeBron's last team will not be the Lakers. Gambo thinks he stays there for the rest of his career. It's a close one. 51.1% say the Lakers will be the last team that LeBron James plays oh, for. Signing with Gambo. 48.9% say no. So okay. very close. Very close on that one. All right. All right. Of course, we'll have to see long-term on that one. Shorter term, but still big picture. The NBA schedule is out. Phoenix Suns, by the end of the regular season, how many wins are they going to have? Your four options. 45 to 50, 51 to 55, 56 to 60, and the vaunted 61 or more. <laughs> so are we later in the show going to go through the Suns schedule, do win-loss, win-loss, win-loss? Every loss, single like game. for the Colonel schedule? God, I hope not. Um, no, how Mitch. many did they win last year? They won 64 last year. What's the 51 to 55? Is that what you said? Yeah, I'm going 51 to 55. Yeah, put me down to that one, too. That's I'm, where the majority's rocking I'm going well. 51. I was going to go 56 to 60, but you know what? Man, the West is just so damn tough. The West is so damn tough, and they won so many of those games last year with those clutch moments. I just don't it, know if they're going to be able to duplicate that I'm going to be again. honest with you. It really doesn't matter what we say. It just matters what the web department says. <laughs> How many wins do they think they're going to get? Well, no, you know Do they want more free pizza? What matters is you not mocking the web department for whatever they say. That's really... You, you kind of brought it on yourself there, yeah, big guy. Cost me like $100 in pizza. Sure did. Now, you were very generous in bringing it to them. I was. But but um, I'm a generous guy. Don't mock them. Don't mock them when they come in here and tell you yeah, they're going to win like 60 games. The Suns games. are going to go 65 and 17. Like, come on. You're going to mock them for I'm that? I'm going to mock them. You haven't learned your lesson? No. What's our audience say on this one? Majority rolling with you guys. 42.5% say 51 to 55. In second place, 36.1% say 56 to 60. In third place, 11.5% is 61 or more. And the lowest win total is the lowest votes. 9.9% 45 to 50. Yeah, I just don't see them taking that big of a step back um, from what they did last year. The, the team's just too good. I don't care how good the West is. The team's just too good, as long as they stay healthy. Alright, those are uh, both of our poll questions. You can find them on the Burns and Gamble Twitter page. And once again, Gambo and I long-term bet it won't pay off for another couple of years. Hopefully we're both around here to you know, at some point we're going to have to stop making bets, right? I mean, if you're sticking to your retirement plan, at some point you're not going to be here to see the conclusion of some of these things. Well, either three or four years from January. That's, that's what that's I mean. It. So either three years from January or four years from January, it's done. I'm doing, my, doing my last contract right now, Mitch, my final you're, one. You're uh, you're still keeping track of the bets, right? You got your little bookie book in there, and yeah, got my little bookie book back here. Your my bookie. one sheet on Word. Your, yeah, your bookie book. That's what I, that's what I call. What's Sorry. the bet for this? What is it? Lunch. Yeah, for lunch. The LeBron, right? Okay. For the LeBron thing? Just sure. lunch, right? Yeah, we always bet lunches. What else is in the bookie book? I'm glad you asked because I just opened it up too. So here's what's left that's not. 
decided yet. Okay. Dodgers are the field. That was placed back on March 31st. Gambo's got the Dodgers. Oh, I've got the and field. Walker Buehler. I, 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 I want to lose that bet. I hate the Dodgers. <laughs> I want to lose. I, I've never to buy you lunch. I've never wanted the Yankees to win a world. Although they're just not playing well they right now. They can't score a they run. Score a run. They, they can't score runs. Yeah, they can't. All right, so that's one book in the bet. What else we got? On June 21st, Rob Gronkowski, will he or will he not stay retired? Oh, I won that one. But he, it he must conceded. No, that, that was a different bet. He conceded a bet recently. I did not get a lunch for it. Within the next two years, someone other than Kyler Murray will have a similar homework addendum. That's okay, the one that's one. He conceded, but I did not I get paid off for that. I just I, want you to know. Whoa, relax. I'm just letting you know. I am Real, not. Gambo's on a heater right now. Yeah. He just needs it. It's, 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 like, it's like that guy that just realized that you let your friend a bunch of money a year ago and you haven't seen it. <laughs> and you just realized, hey... <laughs> I lent you money, hey, and you, you haven't paid me you, back. You owe me money. I haven't seen yeah. you in a while either. Where have you been? What have you been up to? All right, so I've conceded that one. I owe my lunch. Right, okay, so the got? Gronkowski one. Will he or will he not play this season? Gambo, you say he's not coming back. Burnsy, you think he will. And then the last one is the guys you, the one you guys made today. What's the deadline on the Gronk one? Is there a time frame? End of this NFL season. Okay, so he's got to play by the end of this NFL regular season for me to collect on that. Okay. All right. You ain't collecting nothing. <laughs> you ain't collecting nothing. I'm winning that one. Okay. He ain't playing. All right, All right tough guy. Whatever whatever you got to say to make yourself feel tough good. Tough guy. Well, you're yourself. the one who told me yesterday you had two fights up on the hill in elementary school. I've got to proud of you. Oh, seriously. How many yeah. do you have? I mean, honestly, do you, do you can you even every week try to put that into a number for me? I like uh, I like. Oh my um, god! With this. Stop! <laughs> Stop! But you do. Stop! But you do. You do like violence. Movies with the headings. I do like, and my, I do like violent movies. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, all right, let's turn our attention to the Cardinals in the running back room um, and what they're going to do. There was a story that caught five. our... Oh, wait, no, that's just, that's something else. That's 28 to 5? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was a story that caught our attention on azcardinals.com from Jonathan Ward in which he was talking about you know the good game he had this past weekend and the preseason opener and how stacked the running back room is and how... Yeah, they're all rooting for each other, but yeah, they're all competing with each other at the same time. As unlikely as it would be to think the Cardinals could keep five, you're suggesting they could keep they five? Could keep five. Like, I kept thinking that Keontae Ingram was going to be a practice squad guy, and they really like him. So... It does depend on like who can play special teams and Ward can play special teams. So there is a chance. I thought they would keep four, but it's strong possibility now that they could keep five because like you could try to put Ingram on the practice squad. I think you'd be able to do that, but there is a possibility that they keep five because some of those guys can play special teams. So special teams becomes a big factor there as to why maybe they go with the five running backs, but man, they like like all of these guys, right? They like them all, and they do like Ingram. And I thought Ingram would be a practice squad guy, but now I'm thinking maybe he's got a shot to make the roster. I do 50, wa- 50 on. I do wonder what position they'd be willing to sacrifice in order to keep an extra running back. Okay, so you keep five because five's a little unorthodox. I think they keep five. You you keep five. You're going to have to not keep as many that you would I, traditionally I, keep at another position. So where do you feel good enough about your roster to do that with? Is it is it offensive line? Is it? I mean, it can't be tight end. You're going to keep three of those. He's a quarterback. Do you are you going to keep two? Three? 
Yeah, you're gonna you keep, are. You're going to keep three. You're going to. Yeah, I mean, you just re-sign Max Williams. You know, when he's healthy and available, will be a big part of that. But you re-sign Max. You re-sign Ertz. You drafted Trey McBride. You're keeping three. Ertz and McBride for sure. I'm 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 a little iffy on Max. I like him, but we'll see. Because again, you got like you got to you, you got to make a cut somewhere to That's, keep these guys. If you're going like, to keep five, you're going to have to make a cut somewhere. It's going to have to be a cut somewhere. Or are you just keeping two quarterbacks? Not keeping Trace McSorley. We talked a little well, bit about that yesterday. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to require a sacrifice somewhere else if you're going to I do it. I think you'd love to have McSorley on your practice squad, but the question becomes, does anybody else think McSorley is good enough like the Cardinals did last year? They pulled him off of a practice squad and signed him to their to their roster. Because if you sign a guy off the practice squad, you got to keep him on your 53-man roster. You don't have to dress him on game day, but you have to keep him on your 53-man. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, one cornerback for the Arizona Cardinals said, no, nah, we're good. We don't need anybody. We're fine. Are they? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.